That's a lot of people. <laughs> and hello if you're not with us in person. I'm glad that you guys are still watching. Um, hi, I'm so excited to be here. So as you guys heard, my name is Melanie. Um, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about myself before we like dive right in. Uh, on my notes here, the first thing it said was, let everyone know that you're Bulgarian, uh, but you guys already probably know that from Trash Kit Ball and the Hot Takes video. So if you didn't know, I'm Bulgarian, and it's really important to me just because my family was born there, and a lot of values that I was raised with um, came from a Bulgarian household. Uh, and it's also kind of cool to be able to know two languages. I feel like that's kind of cool, so um, yeah. A couple other things about me is that I'm a seven wing six on the Enneagram. Anyone else? <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, if you guys don't know what that is, think Myers-Briggs personality test. Um, yeah, so I like to be happy a lot. Um, and a couple of other things that I enjoy doing are rock climbing. Um, yeah, woo, uh-huh, yeah, okay, we have some climbers in the house, that's so fun. I love climbing, but I haven't been able to do it because virus. Um, and I love astronomy, amateur astronomy, I've been picking that up with my brother, and I just love spending time with my friends. If you see me, likely I'm not by myself. I'm with a bunch of my friends. Okay, I'm sorry. Ha, that scared me. <laughs> okay, anyway, so on Monday we heard Landon open us up and we heard him talk about the fall and how we got to Babylon physically and metaphorically and how sin took everything from us. And then last night we heard Avery talk about the wonderful gift um, of Jesus and also how pride and sin are internal problems, and those are also really bad, but uh, the gift of Jesus is so incredible. And tonight, I'm going to be speaking out of Daniel 6, which is Daniel in the lion's den. So before we do that, I'm going to pray in, so would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day. Um, thank you for Rush. Thank you that you made it happen. Thank you that we are here, Lord. Um, I'm just so grateful to be able to be here and to be able to speak through you, but um, have you speak through me. But Lord, I just pray that um, everything that's said is their words that are not my own, but yours, Lord. Calm every single nerve that I have um, so that I can just speak for you truly and entirely, Lord. Um, yeah, may all the words be rem remembered be yours. In your name I pray, amen. So I'm gonna stand real quick. Daniel in the lion's den. First thing you need to know is that we have a little regime change here. So last night and the night before, you guys heard about King Nebuchadnezzar. Well, tonight we have King Darius. Now, this is one of the successors of Nebuchadnezzar, but Daniel is still an advisor. He's like 60 now, though, um, but he's still very loved by the king. So now we have these satraps. I'm going to put the word on the board. A satrap. Basically, what that is, you might have heard it if you've taken world history before. It's like a governor. So there's 120 satraps in this kingdom, and Daniel is above them. There's three advisors above them. So he's one of the people that's above them. <laughs> um, and it said that Daniel distinguished himself from the rest in the way that he oversaw things. And these satraps, they were very power-hungry people. So as you can imagine, that doesn't really go together well. 
So these satraps, they're like, okay, we got to devise a plan, figure out something. I don't know. We want Daniel out because he's not going to help us. He's just doing the goody-goody things, and we want someone else. So they knew that um, Daniel prayed all the time to his God. So they were like, King Darius, King Darius, we have this great idea. Why don't we make a decree? And for the next 30 days, no one can praise anything or anyone but you. And they buttered him up really well. <laughs> that sounds weird. Uh, so that they, so that he, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> they pretty much just made it sound really good so that he made the decree before even thinking about it because something you need to know about decrees um, in Babylon at this time is that once it was set in stone, it was like set in stone. It can't be changed, can't be reversed, like blahs the law. So the decree is made. And in Daniel 6.10, it says that when Daniel learned that the document had been signed, he went to his house. An upper room in his house had windows that opened in the direction of Jerusalem. Three times each day, he got down on his knees and prayed to his God, and he had always prayed to his God this way. So, he hears this decree, and let me mention, I forgot to mention, uh, the punishment for disobeying this is a knight in the lion's den, hence Daniel in the lion's den. Um, So you know it's going to happen. So, everyone knew that Daniel did this and prayed at this time and where he prayed, so the satraps were able to find him pretty easily. So they found him, and they're like, King Darius, King Darius, we have this guy. We have him, and, and he disobeyed your decree, and we want to throw him in the den. So he's like, bring him before me, y'all. Uh, maybe he didn't say that, but he's like, bring him before me. And I can just imagine his face going, like, pale just from seeing this person that he loved standing in front of him and kind of realizing, like, what's going on and that this is a trap and that there's pretty much no way he can get the person standing in front of him that disobeyed this law to not spend a night in the lion's den because Darius loved Daniel. King Darius loved Daniel. So that whole night, King Darius was, like, trying to find a way, like, to get Daniel out of that den or to make it so he doesn't have to get in that den. But again... The law is the law. So Daniel had to be thrown in the den, and that left King Darius with really just thinking, could his God really do something? Like, what is his God going to do? What's going to happen? Am I going to lose this person that I love? So he spends the night in the den, Daniel. But in the morning, King Darius goes to see what happens. He's eager eager to see what happens, and he goes, and, and he opens the doors. I'm imagining the den is below. So he opens the doors, and he looks down, and he sees Daniel perfectly intact next to sleeping lions. Crazy, right? I want to remind y'all that this is not some parable or analogy or metaphor. This is a real story. Daniel real. King Darius, real. The lions, real. Nebuchadnezzar, as we've heard of, real. This story, real. So again, I say crazy, right? So I found three things that stood out to me from this story. Three little points, if you will. And the first one of these three points is that we play by a different set of rules. (laughs) Thank you. We see that this all started because there were two different types of people. There were those like the satraps, 
And there were those like Daniel. And they handle their sin nature in their lives very, very differently. The satraps can do whatever they want because, you know, why not? You know, like, they don't really have a higher power to answer to or anything but themselves or the king. But they also can do stuff, whatever they want. But Daniel, Daniel has God to follow and to listen to. In fact, in Ephesians 4.17, it says, So I tell you and I encourage you in the Lord's name not to live any longer like other people in the world. Their minds are set on worthless things. So while Daniel has this something like this in his mind, the satraps don't. The satraps are doing whatever they want. A couple examples of this in my life are in high school and in middle school when I've had to say no to drinking with some of my closest friends, even though I know that that could have possibly um, outcasted me from them, saying no to participating in this new and prevalent hookup culture, saying no to things that I just know that I shouldn't be doing. The list can go on, cheating, lying, it doesn't matter. The list is going on. But for all the things that I said no to, and keep in mind, I'm saying no to these things, but I fall all the time. I'm not perfect. I'm not always saying no to these things that I should be saying no to. But when I do, and when y'all do, we're saying no to these, these worldly things that could temporarily satisfy us, but we're saying yes to a God and yes to a better way. I promise you. Yeah, amen. <laughs> exactly. So, and even if you can't see it right away, I promise you that yes that you're saying to God is fully going to satisfy you. If you don't see it now, you will see it in the future. I can assure you that. So, again, I know it's intimidating, but the satraps and Daniel, just like non-believers and believers, we lead different lives. So naturally, we're going to act differently. And again, this may be an intimidating thing to like have to set yourself apart like Daniel, whether it's in the big things or the little things. But I'm going to be real with y'all. The Lord never promised an easy life, but a good one with him. The second thing I noticed is, I like the way that this is phrased, to trust his sovereignty is to know his character. Um, What does this mean? Well, Daniel really understood the Lord's character. Like he didn't just hear that the Lord is good, that the Lord is patient, he is kind, he has grace, he shows forgiveness, anything that you could think of, like he didn't just hear them and say, okay, it really, really resonated something deep within him. Because the way that he acted in this type of situation was like, in Psalm 1-3, it says that he was like a, like a tree planted by water. He really made sure he understood the values um, and these characteristics of the Lord, so that when situations like these arose, he was firm in the Lord. He was like a tree planted next to water. He had a solid foundation. Now, another thing to notice is that in Matthew 10, 28, it says, do not fear those who can kill the body, but not the soul. This is something else that was like probably going through his mind, even though he didn't necessarily have this verse right there. His mind was not set on temporary things. Because he knew God's character, because he knew all these things about the Lord, he knew he did not have to have his mind set on whatever we set our minds on, whatever earthly things we think about 
and that keep us occupied all the time, he was like, I don't need to do that. I'm going to keep my mind above, and I'm going to keep my thoughts on the Lord. And he did. Another way that I like to think about this, it's like driving a car. So naturally, if you're in the passenger seat of a car, you're going to be more trusting of the person that's in the driver's seat if you know them, typically. The person that I'm the most comfortable with um, in the passenger seat is my brother. That's because my brother is a very, very smart guy. Uh, If you know me and you've heard me talk about him, you know that I love him and that he is super smart. Um, But that, like, seeps into everything he does. He's a very calculated person, and so when he drives, he drives carefully and safely. But sometimes people are still pretty scared to, like, drive in a car with him. I don't know why. They just are. But I'm most at ease when I'm with him because I know him and I know his thought processes and I know that he's safe. Likewise, let's say we put, we put God in the driver's seat of our life. Now we may not know where we're going all the time. We may not know why God is taking a certain turn. We may not know why he's speeding up or slowing down or whatever. But honestly, the more that we get to know him, the less we'll feel the need to know the next destination or why he's doing this or this or that, but rather just being present with him. And keep in mind, the Lord is not a stranger to questions. He welcomes questions. He's not afraid to take them. So please, ask any questions that you have to the Lord. But just know that knowing his character and being able to trust his sovereignty is less about taking the reins once you start trusting it. So... Side note, um, when we're going through situations in life where we're, like, having to trust his sovereignty from knowing his character, they're not always going to be, like, life and death ones. It's going to be, like, in the day-to-day things where we can model after this character of Daniel. So, um, yeah, I forgot to say, the more that we know his character, the more likely we can model after situations like Daniel did. So... Again, we're not always facing life and death situations. Um, The last thing that I noticed. God delivered Daniel, but on his own timing. See, I'm pretty sure that Daniel had to be able to go into that den knowing that God did not have to take him out, knowing that he totally could have been devoured, totally just been eaten alive by those lions, I imagine that something like Psalm 57, verses 2 through 5 are going through his mind. It says, I call to God most high, to the God who does everything for me. He sends his help from heaven, and he saves me. He disgraces the one who is harassing me. God sends his mercy and his truth. My soul is surrounded by lions. I must lie down with man-eating lions. Their teeth are spears and arrows. Their tongues are sharp swords. But may you be honored above the heavens, O God. Let your glory extend over the whole earth. Wow. (laughs) So cries like that, the Lord hears. And and he cries with you. And stuff like this that I imagine Daniel saying, like, he doesn't want us to go through it alone. And I don't know what deliverance looks like for you. For, for Daniel, it, it was what it was. He was delivered out of the lion's den, but he didn't have to be, and God didn't have to do that. But he did, because that was his plan, and this was in his timing. 
But I want you to know that we are absolutely already delivered and will be delivered internally. And that deliverance comes from Jesus. See, like Daniel, he was essentially thrown into a den of lions by being unmercifully by being placed on the cross by unmerciful people. However, unlike Daniel, he wasn't saved from that. He wasn't delivered from that. There were no sleeping lions. He hung there on the cross and bared the burden for all of our sins, bared the pain and the wrath of God for all of our sins so that we could be delivered, so that we know that we're delivered and that we will be delivered if we can put our faith in him. And I know that that's a scary thing, like putting your faith in something you can't see, but I, I promise you that it is so good because this is not a life that we can do alone at all by any means. Oh, ah. oh I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm going to stop touching my hair. My mic just came out. <laughs> sorry. Uh, I'm going to pray real quick because I just completely lost my place. Lord, uh, please bring me back to where we are. Please bring my focus back in. Um, I'm so sorry for my mind wandering, but Lord, please just bring this in back to where you want it to be. In the name of prayer. Amen. Okay, <laughs> so as I was saying, I promise that the life with, that life with the Lord is going to look so much better because we can't do this alone. In fact, 1 Peter 5.8 says, ah, where does it say that? It <laughs> says that Satan prowls like a lion, seeking someone to devour. That's dangerous, like very dangerous. That's not something we can handle on our own. I can tell you that for a fact. I'm pretty sure you've seen it in your life, and I've seen it in my own. We try to essentially, like, grab the steering wheel and take control, even though we don't understand the ramifications, and those are the ramifications. Uh, someone that prowls like a lion seeking, seeking to devour us. But God so desires to show you and to show me and to show everyone watching that we are already delivered and that he will deliver us and that he so, so desires to just walk with us. He has overcome this world, and he wants us to know that we can trust him in that. So, what have we talked about tonight? First, I want to remind you guys that we're probably not going to be thrown into a literal den and become martyrs um, for our faith. Yet every day we will be surrounded by uncomfortable situations that cause our character to be tested and hopefully to grow. We have a different set of priorities or we have a different set of um, rules that we live by. But these rules that are in place, they're all for our good at the end of the day. Like, God doesn't place these rules down so that he can just, you know, rule with an iron fist or just so he can make rules. He does them because he knows that they are good for us at the end of the day. And he knows that if we follow them, it will bring us closer to him and it will bring us closer to his heart. And secondly, to trust his sovereignty is to know his character. So lean into what God is telling you. Lean into what he's trying to teach you about himself. Whether it's about 
how he is patient, whether it's about how he is kind or he's just or he is grace or how he will forgive you, whatever it is about his character, please lean into that and, and figure out what that means to you and figure out um, what the Lord wants to tell you. Spend time with him. Spend time with the one who created everything because that's what this whole thing is about. That's what this whole Christianity thing is about. It's about a relationship with the Lord. We're going to fail. Like, we have these rules, and they're good, and they're in place for good things, but we're going to fail. But ultimately, it's about the relationship. So get to know him. Really get to know him. Lastly, God delivers but on his own timing. His sovereignty and his timing may not align with our times, but that's okay. Life can be messy, and a lot of things aren't going to line up as we think. We just have to recognize that and be okay with that and be okay with saying yes to his plan. And sometimes that's going to be hard. It's hard for me. It's hard for you, I imagine. It's hard for all of us. But I promise it's all the more good. So lean into him. Lean into what God wants to tell you. Lean into his character. Let's pray. Hey, God, uh, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for this time, and um, thank you so much for using me as a broken vessel. Um, I know that this life is really tricky, and it's scary, but I pray that we're able to just really lean into your character and lean into who you are, and I pray that we just each and every day get to know you more and more and more because that's what this thing is really all about. And I pray, Lord, um, that we don't look at the rules that you put in place as a thing that is scary, as a thing um, that's meant to harm us, but a thing that's meant for our good. So, Lord, um, be with us the rest of Rush, and I pray for an amazing time, and I love you, and I praise you in your name. Amen. <laughs>